Well, Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm that happy about it too. A Happy New Year. All right, 2013 is upon us, and uh, you know what? It's time for us to be setting straight where we're headed, and uh, God, shape us and train us, and Lord, we're ready to hear from you. What do you want from me this year? All right, first Sunday in the new year, good for us to get started. Hey, we're starting a new sermon series today as well. It's called Completely His, Completely His, Uh, not partially His, not kind of His, Not mostly his in those areas that I can give easily, but completely his, okay? And uh, so if you look at the series we launched uh, here in the grand opening and then the next seven or eight weeks with, uh, we were walking through the greatness of our God. And I wrote down just a few that we went through. Uh, God is holy, be in awe. Uh, God is great. God is sovereign. God is sacrificial. Uh, In fact, he is king. And yet sacrifices. God is redeeming Savior. Uh, He is awesomely gracious. This is our God. And and in light of who He is, uh, be completely His. Like hand yourself over to that God and watch Him work in your life this year, all right? So if that's who God is, and if that's what He's about, uh, what's it going to look like for me to be completely His? All right, that's where we're headed, and today we're actually talking about the first step, which is full dependence on Him, depend on Him. All right, so turn with me, if you will, to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 54. 1 Kings 8, 54, we got the ushers coming forward, they've got Bibles in their hands, so if you need a Bible, just raise your hand, they'll get one to you, all right? 1 Kings 8, verse 54. First step, depend on the one who is completely dependable. Depend on the one who is completely dependable. Uh, What I love is God does not ask us to do things that won't work. God does not ask us to do things that are are rickety and, and, well, he asks us to do things that are completely planned out. Let's lean on our God in ways maybe we never have before and depend on the one who is completely dependable. Notice it starts out in verse 54. Now as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, he arose. As Solomon finished this prayer and plea, what's going on? Remember, you never jump into a passage and just start reading. Uh, Make sure you understand what's going on around it. Get the context, all right? And so context here. Solomon is having the temple built. Solomon is, is following through on a thing that David and God... Solomon's father had worked through and and figured out, but David was not going to be the one to build the temple. That was going to be left for his son. And Solomon is now picking up and following through on God's plan with his dad. And a big deal. And and in the same time, now as they're finishing the temple, they bring the Ark of the Covenant in. That very thing that had walked with them, they had brought with them through the 40 years in the desert. It was that thing that made aware to them God's very presence. And they're bringing the ark into the temple and setting it down with celebration that God is here with them and that the glory of God beaming into that temple. And and so Solomon has a prayer. And in fact, the prayer goes on for quite a while. He has a prayer for about a half a chapter, three quarters of a chapter. And uh, his prayer is, Lord, I just want to reflect on the things you told me. 
So I'm just going to jump back for a second. First Kings chapter six. You don't have to turn if you don't want to. Verses 11 through 13. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Solomon. This is what God is saying to him. Concerning this house that you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David, your father, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people, Israel. First Kings chapter six, verses 11 through 13. God's got a plan. And he says, hear me on this one, Solomon. If you follow through and you walk in my commandments, I'm telling you, it's going to go real well for you guys. And so do that. And, and so when Solomon goes to pray after building the temple and putting the ark together, Solomon's prayer is wrapped completely around that statement to him, that promise. First uh, Kings chapter six is brought out throughout the whole of what we're going to be looking at today. And in fact, even the whole prayer done before it uh, from 22 on. So verse 54, he's now winding up this prayer and this plea and he's gone forth passionately before his people. And it says now as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, uh, prayer and plea. Have you ever um, prayed with a plea in it? You know what I'm talking about? You know what that word means? Like it has a sense, like if your voice doesn't have this in it, the come on, like if that's not in there, you're not pleading. You know what I'm saying? Please. It's got to almost hurt the throat a little bit. Then you're pleading. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lord, this is so what I want. And I so see it to make sense. And please. And and that's, that's what he's doing. Uh, Solomon was not like, you know, Lord, uh, if you want to do that, that's okay by me. That's not what he was praying. He was praying, please, Lord, with everything I have, bless this nation now. May this temple be a place that honors you. May your name go forth. A a plea was taking place. Have you ever had one of those in your life? A plea? Uh, Not just the Lord, it'd be nice if, but come on, please, Lord. And great time to pray those is when uh, God has given you in his word in another spot that that's exactly what he wants to be about. Like I'm telling you, if you pray God's word back to him, he's like, exactly. That's right where I am, right? And all too often what we really plea is um, personal desires, things God's never told us that we were going to get or be about. And we're like, I just want that really badly. And in fact, we're beginning to create an idol in it. And imagine that weird prayer, right? This is how God hears it. Come on, God, let me worship something other than you. Right? And let's be careful that our pleas are actually God's word pled back to him. This is what you're about, and I so want to be what you're about, God. And and make sure you find those places in Scripture uh, that can unveil for you what God's looking for in your life. Solomon had one of those. He was praying and pleading for the nation. And then it says, he arose from before the altar of the Lord. Uh, He was making it very clear that he was praying to God Almighty. He approached the altar of the Lord, and that's where he went down to his knees. It says, where he had knelt with hands outstretched towards heaven. Where he had knelt with hands outstretched towards heaven. Get this. It looks something like this. Are you ready? So he's down on knees 
And, and his hands are outstretched as he prays 30 verses of, Lord, please, this is what we're looking for. And as a nation looking at this, what they saw was a man committed to what he was talking about. They saw a pasture behind the plea. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, so yes, plea, uh, but more than that, pasture. Uh, do you pray with pasture? Do you pray in a way that says, um, God, I'm, I'm all in. My body is in on this. My mind is in on this. I'm all in. That's so important for us to be about that. I'm telling you, it's easy for us to pray uh, casually. And God hears those prayers. Don't get me wrong. God hears us when we wander and, and we're talking as we walk. And we're like, Lord, please, that would be great if. And Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed with you. I just saw the sunrise and wow. And, and so he hears those prayers. But I'm telling you, there's a moment for that posture all the time. Be considering when and where that needs to go. As I started into this passage this week, I was uh, deeply moved and stirred by the fact that my posture doesn't often reflect my prayer time. And uh, so this week I was praying on knees. Uh, this week I was praying with hands outstretched and longing. And uh, I'm telling you, it changes your prayer time. You're a little more focused. You know what I mean? It wakes you up to what you're there for. And you might even go all the way down to prostrate, face down in the ground. As you thank him for who he is, as you're in awe of who he is. May your time with God be a very real time. It's so sad. We're coming before the creator of the universe. And this is a lot of our interaction with him, sadly, right? Dear Jesus, thank you for this food. Uh, blessed to everybody's use. Amen. And uh, did you pray today? Three times. Three whole times. And that food was good. Right? And that's our prayer time. Uh, I pray. I ask, and well, did you pray three times? Oh, no. Actually, I was out with some people from work, and so I was a little embarrassed to pray. So actually, with that one, I had my eyes open, and I'm like, thank you, God. And then I started eating. Right? We're, we're like embarrassed to show that we follow the king of the universe. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm all in. And there will be prayer time. That we'll be thanking God for the food. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, but there will be a lot more. And I'm going to walk through adoring you. And, and thanking you for your interaction in my life. I'm going to uh, walk through confessing my sin. I'm going to be on my knees with my hands outstretched as I pray for my family. And their well-being. As I pray for my spouse's health. And ability to lead. As I pray for this church. That God might do a mighty work in this place. And uh, Lord, I'm, I'm longing for you to move here. And please, Lord, show me anything I need to be about on our knees in prayer. It's a big part of our weekly interaction, or should be. And, and as we spend our time there, I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed at how God begins to move in you. Right? As we start selling it out, that all of a sudden, you're more committed than ever before. You're seeing that the words you're saying are more well thought out. And that the, the, the position you're taking before him is more uh, spent for him. 
And you want him to be worshipped and glorified. And all of a sudden, there's more of a realness to your God in your life. Uh, yes, the plea. Okay? That's a part of dependence. But yes, the posture. That's part of dependence. You're going to see, see that when you put your physical being in a position that reflects the words, you're all the more in with him. Depend on him. Hey, you might close the door in your bedroom and say like, all right, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to pray on my knees now. And I feel a little strange doing this. Doors closed and locked. Right. And here I go. And but I'm telling you, as you get used to doing that, you're going to be teaching your family to do that. You're going to be about saying, Lord, I want you reflected in this place. And I don't care who sees it. I'm all in Solomon before the nation of Israel on his knees, arms outstretched. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice. Uh, what kind of voice with a loud voice? Uh, part of it was because they needed to be able to hear, right? Like he has to speak out loud so that a million people can hear him. And that's a big voice. Uh, but more than that, He's not just trying to thunder into the canyon so that people can hear him. He's sold out for that position. And our volume often says where we stand, right? If your wife says, do you think I look pretty in this? The answer is absolutely yes. Right? It's not, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah, it's sort of, yeah. She's like, oh, fine. Then I don't. Right? Make sure you make yourself clear. Yes, and, and I'm in. And Lord, please bless these people is what he was saying with a loud voice. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. Now, when it says that he blessed his people, there's got to be a lot of people that were in Israel that went, hang on. I know what you're supposed to pray when you bless people, right? Here's the Aaronic blessing. I wrote it down. It's from Aaron. That's what Aaronic means, right? Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 is where it comes from. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The blessing from Aaron. And this was a blessing that was supposed to be said regularly by the priests. And so let's be clear on this. He was not stealing away the Levitical job. He was not praying the Aaronic blessing. He had a different blessing and it was based on the word that God gave him specifically that this nation had to be about. And so he says, blessed be the Lord. First of all, great way to start. Make sure that God is worshiped first in your prayer time. Who has given rest to his people, Israel. God, you're awesome. You provide mightily and I trust in you in huge ways. Thank you, God, for who you are. And uh, blessed be the Lord God who has given rest to his people. Lord, you have taken the people out of the land of wandering and you've given us kingship and you've given us a home and now you've given us a temple and a place for the ark to belong and you've given us a place where your glory resides and thank you, Lord, for your provision. Blessed be the Lord. Make sure your prayer always starts with, thank you, God. If our prayer begins to always start with, Lord, please, uh, careful 
We're being driven by self more than we think we are. And even though we're in prayer, there's a selfishness in that praying if it's always me first. All right? Take care of God and his glory first. Adore him with all you've got. It's not that he won't hear. God's not even saying that. I'm just saying, take a look at the recipe of looking what he did. Uh, He blessed the Lord first. Okay? Uh, Bless the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all that he promised. When God says it, God does it. The end. Okay? God at work in our lives. He can be depended on completely. He then says, Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he spoke by Moses, his servant. Not one word has failed. Not one word has failed. How much has failed? Not one word. Not one word. Never did he say something and go, oh, oh, never mind, not that. Everything he promised coming true. And as Solomon is praying before the people, he's like, I pray you remember this. We have a God who delivers what he says he'll do. He does. Now trust him for his timing and watch God work. Okay. Leaning on him, thanking him being amazed by him. He first said, bless the Lord. And then he said, we're stunned by how great you are and following through with all your promises. Uh, Lord, may I truly lean on you with all I have. What's it look like to depend on or to lean on? So uh, this past week we went skiing. My family got away. Uh, We went up to Wisconsin and uh, we went up to Cascade, uh, which is near the Wisconsin Dells to go skiing. And, uh, so it had been windy and a bit rainy right before we got there. Uh, so there was a kind of a sheet of ice. Uh, but then it started snowing like crazy. It snowed, snowed nonstop for the two days we were there, two and a half. They got about eight inches of snow in the time we were there. So we went out skiing and, and um, so there was some good powder and some good nice underneath it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so it was a little bit treacherous. The greens skied more like blues and the blues were like blacks and the blacks were like... Black and blues, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And uh, I took one nasty tumble. I'm still paying the price for that. I'm trying to heal off of that thing. But, uh, you know, it was a good time out there skiing. When we got to the bottom of the slope, the lifts that pick you up, they they had graded it downward towards the lift so that you could just kind of ease your way up to the lift. Uh, The problem is when a lot of people decide to go skiing and you're all stacked up, the grade is like dragging you towards the person in front of you. I can't tell you how many times I heard the word, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. As you've now bumped into the person in front of you and become one. And you're like, I can't get you off of, your ski is hooked in my, and right? And that whole thing goes on. <clears throat> so what did you do to keep that from happening? You took your poles and you stuck them in the ground in front of you, right? And you put them at an angle. And then as you come up into it, you lean. Some of you are like, well, why don't you just snow plow? The lanes were like this wide. And so now you got four people across and you're like, I can't get my feet out. So we stuck the poles in the ground and we're holding ourselves there with these poles. Uh, Every time you got to the bottom, I started feeling it in the forearms and the wrists a little bit. But I'm telling you, my whole weight on those poles. Guy behind me was doing the same thing. In comes a snowboarder. A little out of control. And the poles go ping. And that guy goes sliding forward. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I can't stop myself now. And, 
And now he's trying to get his poles back. Can you hand those to me? And people are trying to get them back to him. And dependence. When we lean on something and it gets knocked out from underneath us, you'll be able to tell you were depending on it. Dependence means leaning on it with your whole weight. All right. When we talk about depending on God with all we've got, I'm talking about like if God got knocked out from underneath you, you'll slide forward. You'll run into the guy in front of you and need to say, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like you're leaning on God with all you've got and you're counting on him. And here's the good thing. Not one word goes without being fulfilled. Our God is completely dependable. Lean on him with all you have and watch God work. Hey, our number one plan for 2013 is simply this. Lean on him. How much are you leaning on your God? And how much are you leaning on you and what you can finagle and what you can make happen and what you can tell people and what you can accomplish and make it God, it's all you in my life. I'm trusting you. And I'm leaning on you with all I have. Hand it over to him. All right? So the first one, depend on the one who is completely dependable. Second, God's role. As he reveals his glory in our lives, he inclines us to be his. God's role. As he reveals his glory in our lives, he inclines us to be his. Verse 57 says, The Lord our God be with us. As he was with our fathers. The Lord our God be with us. Uh, Hang on. I thought God was everywhere. I I thought God was omnipresent. Like he existed in all places at once. Psalm 139. And, And the answer to that is yes, he does. And so what's this prayer to be with us? Isn't he like everywhere? And yeah, he's not talking about, Lord, please still be omnipresent. He's saying, Lord, please display your presence to me, right? We would call that manifest presence. Uh, It's more than just God exists everywhere. It's God's revealing his glory in that spot. Lord, reveal yourself to me in a huge way. And I don't want you just present. I want to see you. I want to be with you. I want to know of you. I want your glory pouring over me, Lord. Be with me like that, Lord. That, please, Lord, no sin between us. Help me, Lord, now to set aside anything that I've been having between you and me. And uh, hear me, God is present everywhere. But God is definitely uh, sensed in some places more than others. You know what I'm saying? And uh, may this be a place, a church, uh, where God's manifest presence is sensed in a huge way. Let's not just count on this place to be uh, on fire, like just because God happens to hang around. But instead, Lord, my sin not in the way and my heart sold out for you and your manifest presence pouring over this place. Lord, be with us. That's what he's talking about. Uh, Lord, may this year be a year where I experience your presence like never before. That's a killer prayer for starting out the new year. Lord, may I experience your presence like never before. Notice what it says is the result. Um, It says, may he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him. That he may incline our hearts to him. 
Did you know that? That, that when you long for him, it's actually a result of his work in your life. Him inclining you to him. All right? But notice where it came from. Lord, be with us. There's this moment of cooperation between us and him where we are willing, we're setting our arms down, we're calling for his manifest presence in our lives. Lord, show yourself to me and I want nothing between you and me. And as he reveals his glory and his glory pours over you, right? We've talked about this a million times, 2 Corinthians 3, his glory transforms us from one degree of glory to the next. And as that's going on, well, guess what happens? Your heart gets inclined more to him. You see, that's where the growing in him comes from. There be, first has to be a longing. Lord, please, more of you. And, and so the first plea starts with, well, this stinks. Right? We usually end up in some rock bottom moment and we're like, really? This? Please, Lord, no. And as we begin to pray ourselves away from that, right, our first move is often towards selfish stuff, like, Lord, make me more comfortable, or whatever the prayer may be. It needs to end up being, Lord, please, more of you. And as he pours more of him in, all of a sudden we're like, yes, more of that. That's inclining the heart. You know what I'm saying? We start longing for him all the more. So like, I'm just saying this flat out. I don't care where you're at with God in your relationship. Cry out for him to be with you. And you're going to want him to be with you more. And now that he's with you more, and you're going to want to see that even more. And it's not that God all of a sudden started existing there more. It's that he's revealing more of his glory to you. And you're stunned by it. And God more. And God more of you. And hey, by the way, just so you know, when you start longing for more and more of God and you're in his presence more and more, you are being transformed more and more. Parts of your heart being ripped out that are sinful and selfish and things being left and transformed into wanting and loving him with all you've got, inclining your heart. It's a divine work. Let God do his work by being with you, by revealing his glory in amazing ways and by transforming you. As he inclines your heart to him. Now notice the result of an inclined heart here. To, to walk in all his ways. And to keep his commandments. To walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments. To grow, to be more like him. To, to be looking more holy from the outside. But to have the heart inside wanting and longing that too. And, and there's a purity that's coming. Have you noticed the things going on? So at first he started with the worship. And now he's with the word walk. Are you seeing it come out? It's amazing how this passage just defines the four W's that we talk about. And uh, look at work. He says, and then do his statutes and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. And, you know, be about serving him and be about worshiping him through your actions. And I'm telling you, the more you're inclined to him, the more the W's are going to start pouring out of you, worshiping him, blessing the Lord. Walking with him. Lord, what do you want done here? Uh, Working and serving within the church. Lord, I long for you to be glorified. It says, let these words of mine with which I have pleaded before the Lord be near to the Lord our God day and night. And may he maintain the cause of his servant. 
and the cause of his people Israel. Maintain the cause. And I love that phrase. Maintain the, You can make a t-shirt out of that phrase. Maintain the cause. Like God understands that he's working in this world with a plan. And his plan through you is to show him off while he's perfecting you. Bringing you more and more to be like him. Are you seeing it? And so the gospel message is not uh, be good. The gospel message is we have a God who transforms me. And Lord, I'm longing for your touch in my life. Please use your shed blood at the cross to replace what I owe. I'm yours. Like that's our God at work in a huge way. He, uh, he goes on here. He says, be near to the Lord our God day and night that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people as each day requires. As each day requires. Uh, Have you ever considered this? Uh, God never gives you the grace you need for tomorrow. He gives you the grace you need for today. Okay? As each day requires. That's a key deal. Solomon recognized it. Wisest man in the world, right? Ever lived, Solomon. And he's like, Lord, give me what I need for today, please. That's our prayer. I'm telling you, God's growing you. And you're like, but what if this happens tomorrow? Well, just so you know, whatever God has in store for tomorrow, his grace will be sufficient. Right? But it will be for that day as well. And so often we're like looking forward and we're like, I'm not going to be able to handle that. With the grace I have today and the, the inclination towards God I have today, I'm not going to be able to handle that thing tomorrow. And well, that's because he hasn't grown you to that level yet. Hang on. He's never going to give you something you can't handle. So God's moving you along the way. Let him be with you. Let him incline his heart to you. Learn of his grace for today. And whatever you're in today, work with him in that. And watch God grow you in amazing ways. You're going to be stunned with how he's in charge of this universe. And he has your life completely in hand. Don't worry. He's got you protected. God's got it. Now lean on him with all you have. Okay? He ends it here, just this section, verse 60, that the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no other. We've talked about worship, walk, and work, and there's the witness. I'm telling you, when you're on fire for Jesus Christ, the peoples of the earth will know that there is a God and there is no other. They're going to see change in your life. They're going to see hope in your walk. They're going to see something amazing in what's done in you. And they're going to go, wow. That clearly wasn't you. What's going on? And you're like, well, let me just tell you a little bit about my God and what he's been doing in my life. That's God at work in this place. Let him work in you that he might declare his greatness to this world. All right? Worship, walk, work, and witness, they all come right out in the second piece. It's God's role to incline your heart towards him. Let God work mightily in you as he brings you around. You know, I, uh, I'm just going to go off for a moment here. And uh, we're going to 10,000 feet for a second, all right? So the church in central Illinois church in central Illinois. So just so you know, the number one word in the church in central Illinois, and this is true for a lot of places around the United States, by the way, is the word should. 
You should, you know, you should pray every day. You should read your Bible. You should, da, 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 da. And just so you know, the word should is like a knife in the back. Okay. It makes you step forward. Have you ever had a knife put in your back? Me neither. But I'm sure that if I did, I would step forward. What is that? You know what I mean? Should. It's a knife in the back. It does make you move, but not for long and not because your heart really wants to be there. Do you hear me? Let's be careful not to teach what's called moralism. Should. Let's not teach do's and don'ts as if we're somehow earning God's love. It doesn't happen. Okay? God Almighty has a plan. And Jesus Christ, the gospel message is Him for me. His shed blood on the cross at Calvary. And because of His death and resurrection, and because of nothing else, I have hope. It is not because I'm moral. It is not because I'm responding to the word should. It's because I'm responding to the gospel message of my loving Savior. Amen? That's the hope we have in God's role in our life. Be careful that you're not somehow caught up in the world of should. Well, how do I know if I'm caught up in that? How many checkboxes do you have in your life on a daily basis? Like the more you have checkboxes and you're like, got those checked off. I feel better about myself. Uh, You're living in the world of should. Okay. Look at Solomon's statements. He wasn't like, Lord, Please help me with the five following things. Uh, three of them tougher checkboxes, two of them a little easier, right? He's like, Lord, be with us. You hearing it? Relationship. Time with you. Your gospel message stunning me because of how much you love me. Uh, be careful. All too often the church is basically wrapped up in a large group of people who speak a language And they maybe share some habits, but they don't know the king. And maybe that's where you are today. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can say Bible. I can say Jesus. I can say prayer. I can say, um, you know, that was a, what a wonderful blessing. I have the lingo. You mean that's not what it's supposed to be? No. I'm great if you have the lingo. But where's your heart? Are you all in with him? Are you letting his shed blood on the cross be your hope? Not just for today, but for all of eternity. God rocking you with his gospel love. That's what I'm talking about. That's God's role in our life. As he inclines our heart toward him, as he changes us from the inside out, all that happens when we say, Lord, please forgive me. Use your shed blood. Replace what I owe. Lord, I'm yours. I'm ready to be with you in amazing ways. Like that's what you have to be longing for. And so hear me on this. Uh, Moralism isn't going to get it done. Okay? Uh, Down with, I prayed a prayer 50 years ago. Nothing's happened in my life since, but man, I said those magic words. Down with that. Uh, Or down with, You know what? I'm earning it. I'm trying to do what I can do so that God will look at me and go, no, no, that was pretty good. Down with that. None of it is actually what God's calling us to. He's calling us not to the word should, 
but to him poured all over me. God, I'm ready for your presence to rock my world. Man, it's time for God to be present in this place. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, if you're looking right now going, I don't know what you mean, then maybe today is the day for salvation. Maybe today is the time to say, Lord, please forgive me and use your shed blood to replace what I owe. I'm done doing it myself. And I long for you to do it in me. We have a God who has given us very clear direction. Let me just say it this way. Ultimately, the call to should is just a call to self. My power, my plans, uh, my success, my glory. The end result is humanistic moralism. That's what it is. I'm going to earn it. Done with that. Okay? Enough of sanctifying myself. It's ridiculous. Listen to these words, Galatians chapter 1. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who are who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Forget this earning it thing. That's what he's saying. Chapter 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? That's the book of Galatians. Done with earning it. God, it's all about you pouring over me. It's enough about knowing about God. It's time to know God and adore him. Man, my request to you is simply this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Be in awe of his greatness on a regular basis. So here's my question to you. Maybe you've already made some New Year's resolutions. Is this your New Year's resolution? Lord, more of you. I want to be with you more than I ever have before. In everything I'm doing, Lord, more of you. You might have New Year's resolutions that have to do with weight. That's not a bad one. But uh, make sure it's second, third, or fourth. You know what I'm saying? Make sure our resolutions are God Almighty, you first. I want to be with you. I want to be inclined to you. I want to long for you. And Lord, may your glory pouring over me be what that's all about. Maybe one more question for you. Your marriage or your parenting. Are you acting and considering that it's God and his gospel message that should be echoed out through that? As you love your wife, men, it's husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church back to the gospel. Or wives in respecting your husbands. Ephesians 5, 32 and 33 there, right? It's going back to who Christ is and reflecting on him, submissive and respectful to God the Father. And Lord, may the gospel message and the hope of you be reflected in my life. And 
parenting as we show that there is a higher authority and there is a God to be followed. And Lord, we thank you for the hope in your truth. And everything always comes back to the gospel. Never think of the gospel as in a corner. And then there's the rest of my life. The gospel is in the center of everything you do. Or it's not in your life at all. That's where we are. So a little bit of real about the church in central Illinois and about each of us. Hey, where are you at? Have you grabbed onto should? Or Lord, just blow me away with your presence. I'm ready to meet you here. God's role. God's role in my life. Let him absolutely stun you with who he is. All right? And then the third piece to this, my role. My role. Let your heart be wholly true to the Lord. Let your heart be wholly true to the Lord. Verse 61. He says, let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord. Not trying to be creative. I'm just telling you what it says, right? So that's the third point. Uh, Let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord. Notice the first word, let. That means your job is to turn your heads upward and say, okay, God, you're on. Uh, It's a passive move. You're not making the change. It's not a should of a knife in the back making the changes. That is nothing but fleshly behavior. It's God change me. Transform me. I'm letting you work. He chooses to work with our agreement with him, our cooperation with him. Uh, So what does scripture mean when it says exercise yourself unto godliness? Uh, You're exercising yourself to let. You hear it? That's a big deal. Let. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord your God. Wholly true. Not partially true. Not sort of true. Not sometimes true. But always and completely wholly true to the Lord. Walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments as at this day. Wholly true. Hey, this series is called Completely His. Completely His. And it's simple. It's all in. All out, always. You know what I'm saying? I was going to preach from Second Chronicles 16.9 today. And I backed off on that. I wanted this other passage because it was a little more complete in its explanation of the four W's. But Second Chronicles 16.9, let me read it. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Are you hearing it? Our call... Is Lord be with us. Our longing. Lord rock my world. And incline my heart to you. My my daily desire. Is to be on my knees. With hands in the air. Outstretched and crying out to you. Lord I want you. In my life. That's where we need to be. And what I love about it. Is it's so basic. And yet we resist with all we have until we've hit rock bottom. You know what I'm saying? It's time to be done with the resistance and say, Lord, I'm in on that plan. I'm completely yours. Completely yours. I don't know what that means. I have to give up. I'll find that out tomorrow. But grace is sufficient for that day. I'm completely yours right here and right now. Rock my world. That's where we need to be. So I have one question for you, and it's simple. Are you ready? 
Are you completely his? And our answer needs to be with an outcry. I'm completely his. So try it with me. Are you ready? Where are we going for 2013? Yeah, I know. You need me to say it or you're not in tune, right? Here we go. You ready? I'm completely his again. I'm completely his again. I'm completely his. Now turn it like it's a prayer to him. Lord, I'm completely yours. Lord, I'm completely yours. Lord, I'm completely yours. Hey, that's what this series is about. Completely his. Sold out, ready to rock. God getting the glory as we worship, walk, work, and witness. Be with us, Lord. It's the simple way out. And I'm ready to see you like never before. Let's pray.